Welcome back to the episode of Too Many Men. Tony Pickenich, Eric Johnson, Zach Riley joining you here on a Friday. Early Friday, we got some news around all of sports. We have certain players potentially requesting trades here in the next couple of days in basketball. We have the NBA Finals. We have a COVID outbreak in Major League Baseball. We'll start there because that's what concerns me the most at the moment. The New York Yankees, little mini COVID outbreak that they had. Aaron Judge, Gio Urshela, just to name a few players out tonight uh, for their game against the Red Sox. Last, last night's game was postponed. I have tickets for tonight's game. That's why it concerns me so much. And I'm going to be honest, I thought we were past this uh, for sports leagues, especially Major League Baseball. And it's a little concerning seeing that Aaron Judge was in Colorado for the All-Star game. And now he's on the MLB's COVID IL. Tony, this lineup is bad tonight for the Yankees. Why? Did they, did they announce the starters yet? You ready? Yeah. DJ LeMayu. Mm-hmm. Giancarlo Stanton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One, Odor, okay. Bat in third. All right. Sanchez in the cleanup. Yep. Batting fifth is Torres. Yep. Sixth is Gardner. Mm, yep. Seventh is Gittins. Chris Gittins. Big Chris Gittins. He's in for Voight because Voight's on 10 day. Batting eighth is Ambergy. First career Major League Baseball game. Batting ninth is Tim LaCastro. Tim LaCastro batting ninth. So they're not playing uh, the other guy they called up. I forget what his name is. Because they did call up a pair from Wilkesbury Scranton. And let me tell you. The farm system for the Yankees is on fire this year. The was it the, the Rail Riders in Scranton? Yes. Yeah, they're having a decent season. Got some players there. That, I mean, Double A is the one good, that that uh, relates to me. Yeah, but they got some players in the Yankees farm season uh, farm team that should be playing this season. They just haven't been. Uh, Hoi Jun Park is who I was referring to. Uh, recently called up by the New York Yankees, having a good season at Triple A. Dude, it's wild because you're going to Red Sox Yankees tonight. I'll be there next week. Mm. Tough, man. Well, I really thought the MLB was past COVID outbreaks. Well, did you see who just tested positive? Jay Williams. Really? Yeah. So did Rich and, and then you got Bradley Beal, who's in health and safety protocols, can't compete in the Olympics. Tony, you want to hear my parlay for tonight? Sure. What do you got? I got the Mets. Mm. And the Red Sox, 36 mm. to win 130. Mm. Mets in Pittsburgh, correct? Yes, sir. That game Stroman. might get rained out. Oh, well, that's okay. Then it'll just count the Yankees game, and I'm hoping that that Boston will just rake against that lineup or rank against uh, Montgomery. We'll see. We'll see. We really will. Um, John is right now. He's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, John's in Pittsburgh for that for that series for Mets Pirates. <laughs> tough, tough scene. Tough. You hate to see it. That is a that is not a fun ride. That's different from going to Yankee Stadium and just you know coming back home. So let's look at basketball real quick because while the biggest storyline should be Bucks Suns, it isn't for basketball. You know, the game, a series that just got tied at two, heading back to Phoenix for the championship, is probably, I would say, the third biggest story in basketball right now behind the Damian Lillard trade saga and the struggles that USA basketball has been having. I would still put Bucks Suns over USA. I don't know, man. (laughs) you, you 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 would. You should. Because these are only exhibition games that the United States is playing. 
and they did win their last one, but they lost to uh, Australia and Nigeria, correct? Yes. Yeah. That's that's that, that shouldn't happen. Um, they've only lost four exhibition games all time, or like since like ninety two. They're like ninety. They're fifty two and four, which is insane. That's it, crazy to me that you only lose four because you probably play. Well, it's thirty years since, so you're only playing like max like ten in an Olympic cycle, max. And that's not counting before like FIBA World Championships or anything. Um, it's just it's a insanely low number to lose four games, but two of them coming this year against Nigeria and Australia. Class, here we are. All right, Damian Lillard. Word is out that he might be requesting a trade as early as this week. He might have already done it. We don't know. As early as a couple hours, maybe. By the time yeah, this we, episode drops, he might have already requested it. What do we think this is legitimate? Yes, actually, I do. Yeah, you do? I do. After a, a a hire that surrounded a little bit of controversy when it comes to uh, Damian Lillard wanted to select head coach, they hired Chauncey Billups. He wanted Jason Kidd. He did want Jason Kidd. And then it was like hours after saying he wanted Jason Kidd, the report came out, oh, no, he didn't want Jason Kidd. He totally wanted Jason Kidd. He totally did. But let's look at some potential landing spots uh, for Damian Lillard. And I think there's one place that he would fit in perfectly. I've been saying this since game five, Hawks-Knicks. Damian Lillard needs to be a New York Knicks. It needs to happen. Apparently, the asking price is pretty high. Of course it is. Of course. From the Blazers. Yes. I would have the price high, too. He's far and away your best player. He's a superstar. In that small market, he's worked his way into being a superstar. He he needs he needs to be in a bigger market. He needs a New York. And New York needs him. Julius Randle, great player. You're not winning anything with Julius Randle as your number one player. So the, the trade that I've seen floating around, Barrett, Toppin, Knox, and the next three firsts. Pull it. Pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. I understand Knox is a guy who I, I think a, a lot of Knicks fans have soured on. Uh, Obi Toppin, rookie year, wasn't anything that special. RJ Barrett is a lot is, is the piece that really divides a lot of Knicks fans and a lot of basketball fans in general because the potential for RJ Barrett is high. He has shown flashes of being a great player. Now, you measure his potential, what you think his potential is, and how many years he could do that. Does it equate to being higher than what Dame can do in the short term? And I'm short term, I'm saying next three to five seasons. But if you go out and you get Dame, you also now have to make a move in free agency and get one more piece. Because a commitment to Dame for the next three to five seasons is a commitment to competing for a championship for the next three to five seasons. See, I think there's a couple places he can go. I think you're talking right now to a fan who's one of them. Philadelphia. I think Philly has a shot. I really do. You think if that move is made, Ben Simmons would be a part of that trade? Oh, absolutely. Well, I I say that because of the talk surrounding Ben Simmons lately, uh, Sacramento and Minnesota, two teams mentioned, would it be 
Ben Simmons being a part of a Lillard trade or Ben Simmons being a part of a trade to acquire pieces from a team like a Sacramento or Minnesota and then using those pieces to go out and trade for Damian Lillard? I mean, I don't know. I really don't. But it's one of those things where I think you have to pull the trigger. You see this opportunity. He apparently is rumored to wanted to come play here. You do it. The other teams I've heard, the Heat, the Lakers, and the I would love him on the Heat. I do too. I love. Oh man, that sounds so good. I've heard Heat, Lakers, Warriors. Granted, you probably have to give up, probably Tyler Harrow. Which apparently they don't want to move for some reason. Yeah, and they've been very. They've really dug in on that stance over the past two years. The past year, really. But you'd want one of either Bam Adebayo or Tyler Hero in that trade if you're Portland. That's that's, that's easy. That's, that's like a starting point, you know? And you probably maybe, Dun- maybe Duncan Robinson. I, I need him on my hand. That would be awesome. That, that that, that's, dude, him, Jimmy Butler... Bam Adebayo and Damian Lillard would be an insane three. They beat and then the you Nets, just get the you right? get the complement of players around them. They beat the Nets in seven, right? In the seven game series, healthy Nets. Tough, tough, tough series. Good series. Two two. Speaking of series, two two in the NBA Finals. In a, in a series that Portland, not Portland, sorry, Phoenix seemed like they had in the palm of their hands traveling back to Milwaukee. I get it. Dropping game three, that happens. Milwaukee fired up first game, first finals game in front of the home crowd in what, 40 something years? Game four, on the other hand, they had and they let slip, slip away. And they had the refs help, by the way. Devin Booker. Bugged. Mugged. Who was that? Who was that? Several times. Was it was it Middleton who he, who he yeah. just grabbed at the or was it yeah. Holiday? It might have been Holiday. I, that's a game, and I, I see the box score, and I see Chris Paul disappear with only six points. And I'm going to emphasize this because I had a certain bet out on him to actually score twenty points. No, oh, yeah. I see him score six points, and I, I I oh I hear everything about Chris Paul, great player, but it's always he can't get it done in big situations. Here he is in his first Finals appearance in a game where you can really put a stranglehold on a dangerous opponent, a team that with Giannis always seems to have some sort of fighting chance. Look at it against the Nets. He disappears. He puts only six points. And he was atrocious in that fourth quarter when Phoenix was trying to hold the lead. You need more out of him. Throughout three quarters, Devin Booker had 38 points. 38, right? He was the only Phoenix Sun who had double digits through three quarters. And... I see a situation where if Devin Booker is far and away your leading scorer in a game, that's not a recipe for success. That's the Suns from two years ago. Yeah. You want Devin Booker hanging around 25 to 32 points a game, but you also want Chris Paul netting at least 18 in that scenario. You want at least double-digit assists from him. You need DeAndre Aiden to pick it up. DeAndre Aiden's disappeared really since game two. There's been – he had that amazing game one. And then really has been hindered since, I guess that's game plan from Milwaukee coming, been shut down by the combination of Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez down low. But he's become a non-factor. He gets boards. That's about it. Phoenix should have won that game. 
or sorry, yeah, Phoenix should have taken game four. But Milwaukee, but Milwaukee deserved the win, the way they played. I don't know if it's as much Milwaukee deserved the win as Phoenix deserved the loss. Yeah. Because good first quarter, and then they started to stumble, and then it was okay. Now we're basically just holding on to this lead for dear life. And once Milwaukee brought it back to a one-possession game, it game's over. Because Phoenix is... I don't want to say they're settling for bad shots because that's not it. They're working their way too deep into the shot clock. And if you have a lead, that's something you usually want to do. But I see several scenarios where a Chris Paul, a Cam Johnson, they drive with about five seconds remaining in the shot clock. And instead of taking the layup, instead of taking the inside two-pointer, they kick out and get that last shot at like a second left on the shot clock. But it's a contested three from like a Jay Crowder or a Devin Booker. You're working the clock, but you're getting a worse shot. If you would have just taken your original shot, it's like Chris Paul doesn't want that moment. He wants to be the guy who makes the pass, not the guy who takes the shot. And it's just interesting to me how a player at that advanced age who is clamoring for a championship is passing up on those shots late in games. Why is there two days in between games now? Even back-to-backs at home? I don't know. It doesn't make much sense to me. And I I could see it between games four and five because of the travel. But there was no need to have that between games uh, three and four. There's no need. And I think that's hurting Phoenix a little bit because the Bucs are banged up. Giannis playing great, but you know that knee's not 100%. Tweet from Frank Isola. Portland Trailblazers' new head coach, Chauncey Billups, and GM Neil Olshey are expected to meet with Damian Lillard today in Las Vegas, according to a source. Okay. So, more clarity on the Damian Lillard situation will come out after that meeting, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I do have a feeling uh, Damian Lillard's going to stay there, though. I want to um, stay, though. More than that. Yeah, so do I. I, I. It's a great market. It's a great fan base, even though it's a small market. They need that star, and Damian Lillard has played to being the star of Portland, the star of Oregon, really. And he's he's a very big part of that entire sports He was only briefly topped in Oregon by Mariota. Briefly. Very briefly. Briefly. Like two years. Yeah. If that. Only a couple months of the year. Uh, We got some news in the National Hockey League. Uh, yesterday, the Colorado Avalanche sent Ryan Grace to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for a second-round pick in this year's draft and forward Mikhail Maltsev. Uh, the type of deal that works out for both teams. Graves was potentially, it was looking more than likely to be an expansion casualty for the Colorado Avalanche. It looked like the Seattle Kraken, who are uh, do, uh, doing their expansion draft on Thursday, this upcoming Thursday, and we're going to have an expansion draft episode on Tuesday where we're actually going to draft the team. Yes, me and Tony are going to either team up or divvy it up, depending yes. on how we're going yes. to do it. And we're in that mention, we're pushing our shining stars to next weekend for mm. Pennsylvania, just because not all of us is here, and we've had some issues over the past couple of days with scheduling. It's just how it goes in this type of year. Happens. But Ryan Graves, newest edition New Year Devils, uh, top four defenseman, middle of the pack on your top on your sixth defenseman. Uh, he brings size to a devil's blue line that's been lacking that he brings defensive solidness in his own nets 
in his own end, something that the Devils have not had in the last several years. And for Colorado, it's a great move because if you were going to lose him anyway, you might as well get something for him and you get a second round pick in this year's draft, which is kind of a crapshoot because nobody really knows how any of the prospects are going to turn out in this year's draft. You never know that to begin with, but this year more than any other year because of the lack of play and because of the lack of scouting that's been happening. And you get a depth forward in Mikhail Maltsev who will slot into the bottom six in Colorado. And uh, he's a solid defensive center. He can play center ice. He can play on the wing. He's going to contribute there uh, in a bottom six role. Do you know how the Devils got the second round pick they sent to Colorado? That was from the Andy Green trade uh, last season. From from the the thirty uh, the thirty five year old Andy Green. Yep. They so they basically the they flipped Andy Green for uh, Ryan, Ryan Graves. Graves, which you can't well hate done. if you're a Devils fan. Well done. Yeah. Now more. other moves yeah. to be made. The the Devils have been active. Uh, it looks like in the trade market, um, interested in one of the two Vegas goalies because it looks like it's more likely than not that Vegas will move a goaltender here. Uh, most likely after the expansion draft, I would say, because whatever team trades for him is going to have to protect them. Reminder that Vegas should be eligible for the expansion draft. They should. They should be losing regardless one of either Robin Leonard or Marc-Andre Fleury. Karma. Uh, the Devils also kicked the tires on. Arizona Coyotes goaltender Darcy Kempner. Um, it's tough to trade right now if you're an NHL team because any player you trade for, you're going to have to protect. And if you already have basically your expansion list set, a team like New Jersey, I think there's still one open spot really in their forward group if they want to make a trade pre, uh, pre-expansion pre draft. But there's not that much incentive to trade before the expansion draft, you know? Why does Seattle can get a jump on free agency? Yeah, I saw that today. You sent me that. Yeah, that, uh, this they, is wild. The NHL teams can start negotiating with free agents on the 28th. 28th, that's a week from Wednesday. And the Kraken can start Sunday? Is that one? Mm-hmm. This Over Sunday. a week earlier? Ten days earlier. Now, they can negotiate. Can they sign? In that window. No, but you might see deals get leaked. Oh, you're definitely going to see deals get leaked. I also don't know. I don't know how many players are going to be signing pre-expansion draft. Unless an amazing offer comes walking in. Speaking of people getting, you know, moved before the expansion draft, you probably talk about Parisi and Suter. Ah, yes. Because nine years in Minnesota end the way they started to get nine years ago. I had a dream and that dream was that Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter were going to be leading the Minnesota wild to glory instead. And here we are nine years after that day. And they have a total of two playoff series wins, despite having the eighth most points in the league during that span. Now my thoughts on it are pretty much consensus around National Hockey League circles. Parisi, you kind of saw coming. Ryan Suter came as a shock. He was still contributing defenseman on that blue line for them. Apparently, the phone call between Bill Guerin, the general manager of the Minnesota Wild, and Ryan Suter did not go well. The last thing Ryan Suter wanted was to be bought out from the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Parisi, listen, veteran forward. He still has some left in the tank at 36 years old, I believe. He's going to contribute on a contending team in a bottom six role. 
Look, look at the New York Islanders. Uh, that that seems like the most likely destination for him. Ryan Suter, on the other hand, still a top four defenseman on a team. Maybe not yeah. top pairing anymore, but you look at a team that needs defensive help, maybe like a Philadelphia Flyers. They were interested in Ryan Suter back when he was a free agent back in 2012. They could be a team that could see Ryan Suter as maybe a little bit cheaper option than like a Seth Jones through trade or a Dougie Hamilton. They could bring him in, and I think he'd slot in nicely there. And the New Jersey Devils are the favorites or co-favorites to sign both of them. Yeah, that's not going to happen. For which one? Both of them. Either. Mm. Better chance also, of Suter than Parisa. Also, Philip Deneau sitting in the market. Yeah, because he was wanted way too much money from Montreal. What was it? Didn't Montreal offer him five by six? Yeah. No, six by five. Well, same six thing. Six by five. And he said no. Deneau was like, no. So Montreal's like, okay, go hit the market. Go see what you can get. Some team will overpay him. That's I have Buffalo no doubt in my move. mind. That is a Buffalo move. Exactly. He's going to be the number one center on the Buffalo Sabres, putting up 46 points in an 82-game season, getting six and a half. You're the new face of Buffalo. Congratulations. Good for you. You're going to help that penalty kill so much. Shea Weber looks like uh, not going to play another NHL game. It's the yeah. direction it's trending. It's bad for Montreal. It's worse it's for Nashville. worse for Nashville. Mm. There's one of two ways this can go. The route that helps Montreal financially hurts them skill-wise and doesn't affect Nashville at all is if Shea Weber goes the long-term IR route. The route we see players like a Marion Hossa like a Henrik Zetterberg, Aaron like Gabrick. a David Clarkson going. Marion Gabrick. Apparently, he was a lightning this year. I did not know that. Did he get a ring? No. no. <laughs> that would be awesome if he got a ring. So if he goes that route, no problems. Frees up some cap space for Montreal. If they want to replace him, maybe go with Dougie Hamilton because the money's there all of a sudden. Now, <laughs> where it gets shady for Nashville, and if I was Shea Weber... I would do this in a heartbeat after Nashville traded him. Shea Weber retires. Montreal pays almost the bare minimum in cap recapture penalties. It's zero for a lot of those years. Nashville, on the other hand, gets the brunt of it because they signed Weber to the contract. Well, you got to remember, they did not. Technically, they weren't the ones that signed him to the contract. Nashville didn't sign Weber to that contract? Oh, he was an offer sheet. Do you remember who offer sheeted him? Was that Philly? It was Philly. Yeah, with that. Oh, my. That, that was like one of the last big offer that sheets was, we've had. That was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, man. That was fun. That it was, was like a 12-year, 13-year contract, it was wasn't a, it? It was a 12-year deal. Yeah. And Nashville matched. Which was ballsy. We need more of that in hockey. Offer sheet's fun. Imagine somebody did that to like Pedersen. Mm. The Philadelphia mm. Flyers offer sheeted Shea Weber in 2012 for a 14-year, $110 million oh. contract. Oh. Prior to the days where the max on contracts was seven years if you went out of the team, 
and eight years if you stayed in the team. It would have been 13 mil for the first four years of the contract per year. The, the days of Zach Parise 12-year contracts and Shea Weber 14-year contracts and Ilya Kovalchuk 17-year contracts and then the NHL go, you can't do that. And then Ilya Kovalchuk 15-year contract. Different time. Apparently, uh, the Flyers also tried to offer Heat Ryan Kessler in 2006. Good move for them. That would be how much nicely that on, a, worth. on a gritty Flyers roster, let me tell you. The Flyers' offer sheet for Ryan Kessler was it, – oh, it was Bobby Clark. Mm. It was one year at 1.9 mil. That's it? <laughs> yeah, that's what all the sheet is that? <laughs> and Vancouver said, Matt. I mean, at least we saw Montreal offer sheet Ajo last year, you know? It was laughable, but they, they – It tried. was. It was like the bare minimum. The rumors but. that the Devils might offer sheet Adam Pellick. I don't, the Ryan Graves thing, I think, might take him out of that. Yeah. Unless yeah, they're he, making more changes on defense, because I could really only see him bringing back four defensemen from last season and that freeing up two spots. I do think um, Dougie Hamilton's still in play. Oh, I, I think he totally is as, a t- as the top pairing defenseman in New Jersey. Right-handed shot. I think they're the front runners to land him, personally. Well, Quote from Andy Strickland told Gabriel Landeskog could be asking for a salary that pays in the range of nine to 10 million per year in the open market. He was willing to give Colorado hometown discount, but the abs will need to up their offer, which came in an eight year range of five to $6 million. That's in, that's insulting for a player as good as Landeskog has been in Colorado. The rumors that, that, St- that's insulting. The rumors St. Louis is pushing all their chips on the table for him. Good. I mean, that'll win them the third spot in their division just to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Business as usual in St. Louis. Business as usual. There's your new Tarasenka. But I do think Dougie Hamilton does land um, somewhere on 95. I think he lands either in New Jersey or Philadelphia. I think those are the only two spots for him. And Philadelphia was a front runner for Seth Jones a couple weeks back. It looked like that's not going to happen because Seth Jones won't commit to that market long term. I think Seth Jones' destination is painfully obvious. Chicago? Yeah. I heard he's only willing to sign with uh, an Chicago, extension right away with three teams. Chicago, Florida, and um, Dallas. Dallas. The Stars. Which is a Dallas. nice Dougie Hamilton destination, by the way. I, I think it's going to come down for especially, especially Dougie. He's going to cash in. And I think that's what he's looking at the most. Your dark, um, what, your dark horse for Dougie Hamilton, Seattle. They said they don't want to do big contracts early on. Um, well, well, Vegas said the same thing, and you, yeah, that's true. Look how that turned out. But New Jersey's the reason I have New Jersey's the front runner I do is too. several teams have the ability to offer ten million dollar contracts. That's a given. Not many teams would do that over the course of seven seasons. New Jersey is willing to do that because then at that range, he fits into where you start to see Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer enter their prime. And become, if you look at their plan, a contender. They want to make the step up, is what I heard. Tom Fitzgerald apparently wants to make a big jump this season. And Dougie Hamilton is a step in doing that. That is the big jump. Yeah. It's the start of a big jump, at least. Who knows outside of that? Who knows? All right. 
That's really There's it. There's one not thing that I much wanted more. to bring up. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, Tom Brady playing all of last year on that torn ACL. I it wasn't an ACL. Oh. It was an MCL. MCL and I don't want to hear it. Up, oh, big news. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard says after the USA basketball practice, reports he has planned a sue request or trade are not true. Okay. Oof. So there's that. That's one there thing. There you go. Nope. Crossed off the list. Breaking news here. So but we let's also, talk. we just spent 15 minutes, just wasted this episode. Still could be wrong. Still, could, that just might yeah. be the eye he placed the public. Hell, hell of a poker player if he's wrong. Could, could be different behind closed doors. But Zach, also, why is Tom Brady a robot? Steve Cohen is uh, apparently okay with going over the luxury tax for Chris Bryant. That's going to make that loss in September a lot more painful for you, and I can't wait uh, for it. No, it's Get but let's talk. Here. Let's You're talk about Tom Brady because I, yeah. I'm tired of him. I'm just tired. He's been the top quarterback in the National Football League my whole life, and now he's playing just through injuries that have dismantled players for seasons on end. And it's like he's it's still nothing. winning and winning a, Super Bowl. An injury he suffered in New England was that. Is that yes. what he got? It. He said oh he my. suffered it at the end of his career in New England. So he had that for the whole year. That's insane. And they won the damn Super Bowl. He's going to do it again this year. Oh, should we talk about Richard Sherman? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. There's not enough out about it. We, we still enough. don't know enough. Because he's been released. Richard he's facing Sherman, five charges right he's now. facing five charges. Yeah, that I saw. The original report was uh, robbery, right? Armed of robbery? All people. Of all people. Couldn't have been a tougher time for him, too, him being a free agent. Imagine if the Jets signed him already by then, by this point. No, nah, that'd be the that'd be a Raiders move. Big time Raider move. I, I think he does end up back in Seattle. Because I see an incident I mean, like this. Anywhere. No, I, I see an incident like this, and it'll deter some teams, definitely. But there's nobody in the National Football League that knows Richard Sherman better than the Seattle Seahawks franchise. The direct quote from Damian Lillard, a lot of things are being said, not coming from me. He has made no firm decision on what his future is going to be. Hmm. So not even he knows, apparently. No. I got an inkling he's out. <laughs> you changed tones in the episode now? Yeah. Like, no, he stays in Portland. After hearing that, he said, after hearing him actually say he has no idea what his future is going to be, that's okay. He gone. He's going to see if the grass is greener other places. He'll, he'll talk around, you know, like LeBron or that's why it sucks that the Knicks are missing a star that could actually go out and recruit him. Because imagine people are recruiting Damian Lillard and in walks LeBron James and like in walks Julius Randle. Like, I, I don't want to play with you. Man, Kevin Durant, huh? <laughs> One year too late. One year too late. This is last year. Different conversation. One year too late. But that is going to wrap up this episode. Every episode of the Too Many Men Sports Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in on Tuesday. We're having our expansion draft special. Going to draft the Seattle Kraken's new team right before their expansion draft Thursday. Next Friday is when we will do our Pennsylvania Shining Stars. Uh, and then after that, I will not be here. The Tuesday after, I will be out traveling in Missouri, uh, where I will be getting my internship with the Cal Ripken Major 70 World Series. Not a big deal. 
So I will leave it to you people. I have the utmost faith in you guys. I hope so. The host. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if I can. Uh, okay. I'll see. I'll see if I can. And that's awful for me because that's that's the first day of NHL free agency. Yeah. Isn't that the twenty eighth? I'm pretty sure. Birthday's yeah. Today's the twenty eighth. Unless, unless we just don't do an episode Tuesday and just do one Friday. No, you got to do one free agency day. Have to. I don't, just, know, I, don't know, I don't know if I can download a Zoom file to my phone. It's a staple. Otherwise, I could. Maybe I'll make an appearance. We'll see. If we'll John see. can be the host. We'll see. We'll see what I can do. Yeah, yeah we'll figure it out. Play it by ear. But we will, we will see you Tuesday for another episode of the 20 Men Sports Podcast.